producer, Mr. Bryce Murphy. Hello. Bryce also wrote and recorded the podcast music. This podcast is for the data nerd and the data nervous. All are welcome. So welcome back to our listeners. This week is part two of our podcast in August, which is National Wellness Month on wellness and yoga. So we are welcoming back Mr. Bryce Murphy's mother, Christine Murphy. So welcome back, Chris. Hi, thanks for having me again. And I'm going to say that we took a pause between the two podcasts and we just had a fabulous dinner. So we were taking care of our wellness. Yeah, I feel great. I feel fabulous. We also had a little wine as well. So now we have drunk data. No, it's not drunk data. We had a little wine. (laughs) You have data with the edge taken off. Data with it. There you go. Exactly. Because I have a lot of data. And hunger. And hunger. Satisfied. Yeah. (laughs) And we developed relationships, personal relationships. So this is, it is all wellness. We had a good, a good heal, healthy meal. Absolutely. There was so. vegetables involved. There from was, a from a local gardener. There was. It was great. Yeah, right from the earth. There was chicken. Yeah, we good. had we had a wonderful meal, and then once we finished this podcast, which will be the quickest podcast on record, because there are brownies at the end of it. So yes. that's how we that's how we roll here at Data Toyan. Brownies. So we're going to actually pull one aspect of wellness this week, and we're going to talk about yoga because Chris, you're a yoga instructor. I am. And Bryce has done yoga and does yoga. Yes. I love yoga. And practice. It is one aspect of wellness that covers essentially, if you recall from last week, the eight types of yoga, the eight types of wellness. Yoga certainly hits probably all of them. It really does. Absolutely. Social, environmental, physical, emotional. Yep. Spiritual. Occupational in your case. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So did you want to tell us, I know last week you told us a bit about your wellness journey, and you touched on yoga certainly as part of that. Did you want to elaborate a little bit more? Sure. So please. So I started last week talking about yoga and how I started my journey with it, and it was medical. They suggested that I take yoga so that I could prepare to have a baby, which happened to be Bryce. And it worked. Here I am. <laughs> and we are so thankful to yoga for that. That's absolutely yes. true. I would not so be here. He would not be yoga, here. Literally. With, literally, you would not, because I think that mentally it gave me the ability to be okay with being pregnant again. And I fell in love with it so much, and I had a healthy baby and a healthy pregnancy, and I also felt healthy probably for one of the very first times in my life since when I was in college and I danced. I continued to take different yoga. I, we finally moved back to Buffalo. Bryce's dad was in the Navy and I could never really find a good studio. When I moved back to Buffalo, I found a yoga studio here that I practice quite frequently. It's now called I'm Yoga Buffalo. And it was at that time that I increased my yoga and I decided at one point, due to the fact that I was laid off because the company t- taken over by another company, there was a buyout, and I had no job, and there was a training. So I decided to go to training in Thailand for Bikram Yoga. Yeah, there are worse was, places to train. That was pretty radical. I know. And That's I was, fabulous, though. Ta- uh, wellness, taking care of you, and yeah. knowing what you're going to be able to bring to the world then. Right. But also, there was the environmental wellness or social. I mean, I was, I was 14 in high school, and... My mom was going out of town for six weeks and nine, nine weeks during your freshman year. Yeah. So it was, and it was, a, a and it scary was a team thing. effort. It was a team effort. It was a social wellness journey. It definitely was, and, and I got a lot of flack for like wanting to go and do that, and so I was just gonna say, okay, no, I can't do it. I have my kids in school, and I gotta take them, and da 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 da, and I have an older one, and he's in school, like all of these things. And I sat down one day, and I'm like. I never do anything myself. I've never in my whole life done anything just for me. 
So I went back and kind of explained that to everyone, and they all got on board. And if you recall from last week, we said that there's a time when you should say no, this isn't that time. It wasn't yeah. that time. Exactly. <laughs> this is the time when you say yes to me. And I said yes yeah, to me. Exactly. I did. So I had a fabulous journey in that training because I met people. There were 170 of us from 31 different countries. And several of them I am still in weekly contact with. My, one of my, my roommate lives in Moscow. I have another friend that's in Dubai. I mean, we just are very close, and I'm fortunate to have had that. And experience. I think they're going to want to listen to this podcast, so you're going to have to send are. them to the they're link. You're going to have to send them the link. Right, and so Maria will be listening to it, and Clara will be listening and to that it. And that will add to our, our goal of 3 Shout million Shout out listeners. to Maria and Clara at home. <laughs> there you go. That'll increase our number. We'll get closer to 3 million. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. We're getting there. We're get, we will. And you'll be international because Claire is in France and Maria is there you in go. Russia. That's I huge. like it. Mm -hmm. Taking data to Moscow, making mm -hmm. it national before I even learn Spanish. So that's perfect. Yeah. Or before yeah. I, I got even us covered on that for, for yeah. when we go on tour. But the good thing of And we can learn that. <laughs> there you go. The best the best way to learn is immersion, so maybe that's what it'll that's be. That's what I need to do. You need to you just... You gotta be somewhere where you're like, oh crap, I don't know how to speak it, and that's how you're gonna have to learn it. Well, can I tell you the advice I got from a colleague of mine who's fluent Spanish? He says, here's what you need to do. You need to go to a country and go to the worst part of their city and get in a cab. And I said, no, that's absolutely not how I'm <laughs> gonna learn a foreign language. That sounds awful. That sounds like... Setting up for failure. Setting that up sounds like danger. Or, and, yeah. or killed. I mean, that's yeah. not what I'm interested in. I'll go someplace a bit more populated where I can immerse myself and not in a cab with some random person. No, I thought no, that was no, weird not, advice. That's, that's not good. I'm hoping he was joking. Either that or maybe he doesn't was. like me. I'm not sure. And he's like, here's that. what you should do. Get in a cab and we'll never see you again. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, MJK. He's not listening to this, so that's completely fine. <laughs> Even better, right? There you go. So that aside, we don't, that's not, that's, that has nothing to do with yoga because I'm not doing yoga in a cab, but this is terrible. I didn't. I didn't mention this to you before. The reason I started doing Ashtanga yoga is because, and the, you, people can make fun of me. I it's don't impressive. Care. It's impressive. Is Madonna does Ashtanga, and I'm she looking did. at her like, I want to be that. But then when I started doing it, it was a whole different shift because it was, oh my gosh, I feel awesome, and it became less about wanting to look as good as she looks and more about this just feels perfect and awesome it does, she great. also yeah. does 26 and 2 she does do Bikram oh, as well which is incredible she, yeah but what happens when you take one yoga training you want to take another one right and then you want to take another one and I think if you don't take more than one training you're losing out you're missing the picture mm -hmm. because there are so many different types of yoga right ashtanga but Ashtanga is in the same limb as Bikram, which is in the same limb as Vinyasa, which everyone, then they call it Hatha, but it's all Hatha because it's breath. And I did, I, I will post, there are so many different resources that list the different types of yoga, so I'll post something on the website so that you can take a look because Ashtanga yoga is an intense practice and they're not all that intense. So if you're looking at that or watching that and you're thinking, oh no, never, there are many different types, so I'll post... I have some tables and charts that I can put on the website that note the different um, types of yoga. And you'll find one, you can find one that might be for you or not. I mean, everybody has to do yoga, but you've got three people here who recommend it highly. Very yeah. highly. And then, and try different kinds. I'm fortunate enough to have three different types of yoga that are practiced at the studio that I go to. Mm -hmm. And it is the 26 and 2. Mm -hmm. It's forest yoga, which is on a forest. And then we have Vinyasa, which Trish teaches, and she is 
the best teacher on the face of this earth. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a flow that she puts together. And I'm blessed to be in that type of studio. Usually one studio just have one type of yoga and that's it. Right, right. As we've learned through the last podcast that we talked about, it's all about movement. Even if it's TRX or, or anything like that, like it's really truly about movement. And I bring TRX into it because when I was teaching at another studio, they also have TRX and some hit classes and whatnot. And there was a training available and I'm like, I can't do this. I don't even know what they're talking about. So I got invited to do it. And when it came right down to it, when we got into the meat and potatoes of doing the postures or doing the different exercises on the, on the bands, I'm like, that's a yoga pose and that's a yoga pose and that's a yoga pose. So I kicked my sneakers off right, and started to do the practice of what they were teaching us. And what I found was when we slowed it down and had longer holds, no one was able to hold it. So a lot of the people it's that intense, are doing the right. intense practices are doing these hit, and I feel very important, you have to have weights in your hand. You have to do these this work, but you don't have to do it at such an intense level. Right. So find your, now I have some yoga stats because of course it's data doyen, so there should be some some data or some numbers. So the global yoga market market is forecast to reach 66.2 billion by 2027. And it's expected to grow 9.6% each year until then. That's incredible. Wow. Yoga was ranked number 14 in a list of top 20 worldwide fitness trends for 2020. And it's actually lower than it was in 2019, but it's still, I mean, 14 is still pretty high. Now, here's some other statistics that we should know. The profile of a yoga practitioner, eight, almost 81% of them are female. These are the practitioners. They, and here we are after having just had a wonderful meal and each having a glass of wine, 72% consume a moderate amount of alcohol. Very true. Well, yes, it's, it's I can the percentage tell you on the general population, probably up there too. So. Yeah. You know what? You always toss these in. That'll have to be an arse next week or something. I'm telling you. So 52% are college educated. 47% do not smoke. And it always amazes me when I see people, after any exercise, whether it's yoga or any other exercise. And I have to confess, I'm a reform smoker I smoked ages ago and I, you know after ex and I don't know why or how I look back now and I think boy Ick. yeah exactly that's it and I can't even stomach the smell of it now I just same same exactly so now yoga instructors make well on average I have a couple of different um the average salary of yoga instructors is about 41,000 the top 10% make about 56,000 and the bottom 10% about $30,000 a year this is in the US now the top three reasons people practice yoga in the U.S. 54% to release tension, 52% to get physically and mentally stronger, and 43% to feel happier. I and, love that, and I do all of I do it for all of those reasons. I, too. I agree. I do as well. Yeah, overall wellness. And I do have one other statistical example that I did want to recall, or did want to mention. If you recall from our conversation about trying to help Bryce find his passion or find his life. We referenced the Bureau of Labor Statistics Occupational Outlook Handbook, and yoga instructors isn't a specific category, but it's under fitness trainers and instructors. It's expected to grow 15%, which is, this is between 2019 and 2029, which is, fifth, which is much faster than average. And the median pay, as we noted, was 40510 Now, I'm talking about median pay here, whereas I was talking about, I believe, mean pay earlier. Here's the difference. Here's why you might use median and mean. Now, mean, I think everyone knows, is the average. So you add up a column of numbers, divide how many ever numbers you have. 
The median, on the other hand, is put the numbers in numerical order and whatever number is in the middle. And if, even, if you have an even set of numbers, you average those two. And the reason you might use median over mean is if you have some outliers. So an example that I'll use for that is when I teach our undergraduate research class, I will ask the students to tell me what their age is. And I have them do this so we can do some basic statistics. And generally speaking, the mean is going to be about 20 or 21 because everybody's 20 or 21 years old. Then I toss my age in and the mean becomes like 27 or 28. Well, that skews the data in a way you don't want. So if I still look at the median, it's gonna be 20 or 21. So that's the difference there and something to consider. Now, away from stats, because that's not as fun as yoga. So the number of yoga practitioners is predicted to reach 350 million by the end of this decade. People who practice yoga in the US spend about $90 a month, which is about $62,000 over their lifetime. 44% of Americans do yoga or attend yoga classes three times a week. They prefer to do it in the morning versus in the evening. And I know we've had conversations offline about that. I would love to get into a morning yoga practice. I haven't gotten there yet. Well, I haven't gotten into my practice morning or evening. I mean, I need to, I mean, if I suppose pick a time of day and just do it and then we'll call it a day. But um, did you want to mention? I mean, I think it's different. I can say that I, I go to my 6 a.m. classes for a reason. And depending, as I think I, I mentioned in our last podcast, I plan my work life and my entire life around my yoga schedule. So I'll choose what classes I want to take and then work around that. I feel like in the morning, it starts the day off perfectly, just magically. Although after, sometimes it'll be a lunchtime one. And it's a nice break in the day because maybe you're taking away the morning stress or it gives you a lot more energy for the afternoon. And in the evening, same thing. You had a really bad day at work. You need to go out. There's some positive energy. You're going to get that there. And yoga is the only exercise where you actually gain energy. You don't lose it. So when you're running or when you're doing weights or if you're doing any other type of physical activity, it can deplete you. Whereas yoga actually is like a gas station and it fills you up. It, it brings energy to you. It's because you're taking deeper breaths and the oxygen's going into your body in a different way. You're also moving your body, every limb, every muscle, every portion from head to toe. I always feel more energized after yoga for sure. And it, Even and though while I'm doing it, I might feel like, oh my gosh, this is a difficult pose or whatever, for but when sure. I'm done, oh my gosh. Yeah, and it lasts, oh. it doesn't go away. Whereas sometimes after a workout, people are kind of worn out. It's a workout, they took everything out. That's how you. I felt earlier. I took the dogs for a walk. I'm like, holy crap, I need to take a nap. I didn't because we're coming here for the podcast. I do have some other stats about how yoga has helped. So there awesome. have been some studies and that's awesome. I'm so glad that people are studying yoga now. So it, not that it needed to be legitimized, but I think some people need to see the studies. Well, can I make a, a point about yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, in India, when you're ill or not feeling well, you don't go to your doctor, you go to your guru and he will assign different yoga postures based on what your ailment is. So yoga is medicine, body movement is medicine. And I think that that's a nice lead into what you're getting at because um, after you do your stats, I'll have another thing that I'm gonna share because I think it's exciting. Well, there's a, there's a study, um, kindergarten students, age five years old, who did yoga twice a week in school instead of their standard phys ed, whatever that would be, showed less inattention and hyperactivity and completed a task faster than similarly aged children doing physical education or no exercise. Yeah. So yoga calms the kids. 
Yoga calms the, the nervous system down. It definitely does under any circumstance. Now, in a UK survey, the majority of respondents said they agree or strongly agree that yoga has improved their physical health, and we've talked about that, mm -hmm. as well as their mental health. They also said it improved their stress levels, their strength, and flexibility. And 60, well, nearly 70% of participants reported a change in lifestyle due to their yoga practice, while 57% reported having better sleep. Which is so true. It's exciting to hear that. I think in the next five to 10 years, based on that statistics, and I don't know, maybe we'll look back on this. I, I don't have anything to back this up other than many, many years ago, chiropractors were not covered by insurance. Physical therapy was not covered by insurance, and neither was acupuncture. Right, right. So all of these new modalities are coming forward. They are seeing that yoga has made a medical difference in people's recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm definitely a product of that. I have injuries that I've healed from. Most of my colleagues, some of the people that I've taken trainings from, they also have learned from their injury and healed much faster and more completely than they would have had they just gone in for physical therapy or chiropractic, which I would never say not to do. I do this for myself. I see my physical therapist twice a week. I go for my acupuncture, an adjustment if needed. But the fact that I'm doing the yoga and moving the rest of my body, not just the injured part, is what makes it whole. And this next one is for you, Bryce. So a study of the effects of, of yoga on student mental health revealed that practicing yoga twice a week for three months led to a decrease in psychological distress among university students. Yeah, that does, it does help mm -hmm. uh, in my own practice. And they, sometimes they, they offer during like finals week, offer them throughout Usually they have to do like one in the beginning, maybe one. There's really like one professor that does yoga classes. And when I did it during finals week, I was like stressing about finals, obviously. And I was like, oh, I got to go to this and I got to go study after. But then like while I was in there, I wasn't stressing for 90 minutes. And then after I got out, I was like, okay, I have a bunch of stuff to do. But like I have this mental clarity that I didn't have before. And I it's got to relax and like really like kind of take back my own... Mm -hmm. bewildered mind is what they say in Buddhism that's the word that's been around my head but like how your mind's just racing everywhere and then it kind of slows down and you can catch it mm -hmm. and when you come, become more aware of it you train your mind just like a muscle and you can unclench your mind mm -hmm. and yoga participants were 61% less likely to have high blood sugar levels compared to non-yoga participants they were also 52% less likely to have a high body mass index and triglyceride levels compared to inactive individuals. And all of these pieces that I've been noting here are from peer-reviewed studies that I'll post. I'll post the links on the website so you have that. But that speaks to, again, what we've been talking about with wellness and how it's made us feel personally, our own anecdotal information. But now we have studies. We have white papers to show. We yeah, sure do. We definitely do. And I think that more and more are going to come forward. I think that... It's, it's important for the medical community to have another layer of help or another source to go to instead of a prescription so much for maybe a medication, which of course, if your doctor is giving it to you, I suggest that you highly follow those directions, but to make sure that they also know that you're involved in this particular therapy of yoga and you're gonna see a major difference in and how you walk and how you talk and how you feel and and it's just a matter of bringing everything to the core and then we could talk about the COVID effect too because i know you know you've wow. mentioned that you've had folks who've um, 
um, you know, joined your classes online. But the demand for yoga, some more stats, the demand for yoga equipment grew by 154% wow. during wow. COVID. Wow, I didn't even COVID. know that. That's yeah. incredible. It's well, insane. I love it. So do I. Yeah. Do you have more data? Oh, of course I do. So during the <laughs> pandemic, yoga classes saw an increase of 25% in reservations as people joined online classes, and you've talked about that. At the outset of COVID, yoga was one of the most popular topics on Instagram around the world. In March 2020, Instagram posts about yoga grew by 68%, beating out topics like news and politics, cooking, recipes, and health. Fantastic. I will say, though, that Zoom or being classes online the studios had to find a way to stay relevant and to stay open. And Zoom was not expecting all this to occur. No. And the beauty, the beautiful part of it was, is yeah, I jumped online and I started teaching for, my, for the studio that I was teaching in at the time. But what happened is people that had never taken yoga before or were too afraid to go into a studio started calling and saying, are you teaching? Can I take your class? Can, can, we, can I have a bunch of my friends take your class? I was like, sure. And it opened up a whole new world for them. It opened up a whole new avenue for all of us to get through the pandemic together because some of us were stuck alone in their homes, like me. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> was, yeah, right, yeah. yeah so many and people. We, were all, we were all connected in one way or another, but the beautiful part of it was is that they were able to do something that they were afraid to do, they saw the difference, and they've continued on that journey. And it really is so cool. I'm like, I don't even care if you don't come to one of my classes. I just want you to feel comfortable going forward Absolutely. anywhere. And I have information about that. So before the pandemic, only 9% of teachers and 40% of students practiced yoga online. During the pandemic, the numbers ballooned to 91% of students and 86% of teachers practicing and teaching online yoga. That's crazy. That's phenomenal. And we're going to have some, we're going to have a couple of upcoming podcasts about essentially the COVID effect in all of this. And I keep talking about that, um, so listen for that, because that's going to be really exciting. According to a survey, 58% of students and 73% of teachers report they have a better perception of online yoga now than before the pandemic, because, I mean, you're able, like you said, you're able to bring in people who weren't going to be doing this otherwise. Exactly. And felt more comfortable, clearly, then. Um, and post-pandemic, 60% of students indicate a preference for recorded classes, while only... Uh, 36% of teachers said they prefer this format, but I think everybody is. That's a recorded class. But if you're that's doing it live, that's a little bit different. I did my classes live, but there were recorded classes that were available to the practitioners at any time because maybe their schedules didn't line up with the class that I was teaching, especially if mine was at noon. Some people still had to go to work during the pandemic, regular work hours. They never were affected by it at all, but they still needed this more than probably any of us that were sitting home. Now, here's a question that I'll ask you, too, because I know when I would go to my yoga classes, I will do my yoga with them in my living room. I'm fine with that. But when I would go to a class, you know, you have your instructor who will adjust or adjust a posture if you're comfortable. I mean, they don't always just they don't just come up and start pushing you around. Um, how do you do that online or how do you how do you maneuver that to so, correct postures? So someone will come up and do an adjustment or an assist with you in person the way that I was trained. Bikram does not, we do not do any assistance. We don't even do any postures. It's a 100% dialogue. So we're telling you exactly where to put your arms, exactly where to put your legs, exactly when to breathe. So it's easier for me, even after my training with Benjamin Sears and his sacred geometry vinyasa, which I learned how to do proper assists and proper correction, so to speak. I wouldn't call it a correction, I'd call it definitely an assist. 
And it was a difficult thing, but I had to pay very close attention to what people were doing and be very, very particular on where their arms were and what they were feeling for and then what they were supposed to feel afterward. And that's how it lands in the body. So it was a difficult thing for a lot of people. And my concern for some of the people who had never been in a studio before, I was afraid that they weren't going to be doing it the right way because my eyes weren't on them the whole time. Right. So yes, there is a huge concern for that. It's not anything that's gone away, but what it trained me to do or what it taught me to do, what it taught me to do was to make sure that I slowed everything down. My classes may not have been as long or had as many postures in it, but what I was doing was slowing it down well enough for everyone to come into each pose, which is why I like the sacred geometry vinyasa so much because it's a measurement of your body, not a measurement of where your hands should be six inches off your mat or you know, your legs supposed to look like an owl. Well, it may not look like an owl. It may just be your stomach on your thigh and your hand on your foot. And I think that's important too because I think that a lot of people have this perception that you have to be flexible to do yoga, you have to have a certain body type to do yoga, but it's really open for everyone, every body type, every level of athleticism. Absolutely. I will tell you, and I know the first yoga class that I ever took was in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And when I walked into the room, there was a fairly large woman sitting on the floor. So I went in, sat down, took my place. Everyone else came in. She was the yoga teacher. I love hearing that. So it totally took the, the, I didn't have an idea of what yoga was supposed to look like because right. I didn't learn it that way. Right. So yes, there are wonderful people doing Instagram postures out there. And as many highly trained instructors will tell you, those poses are not physically correct for their anatomy. My dear friend, who's also my physical therapist, who's helped me through this last injury that I'm going through, Kathleen Engelhardt, she owns Love and Motion Yoga and is also my physical therapist at Equal Standing. She really slowed everything down and made a huge, huge difference and impact on how I healed and, and what, I, what I do. Wonderful. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation last week and this week in celebration of National Wellness Month, August. Um, talking about wellness, talking about yoga. So I hope that what we've done over the last couple of weeks is encourage you to pay attention to your own wellness. Try yoga if that's something you want to do. I, you know, we, you, again, you have three people here recommending it. Um, but I do have an arse for this week that is yoga related, an arbitrary random stat. All right. So would you like to know some yoga trends for 2021? I absolutely do. I can't wait to hear these. <laughs> this one's for you, Bryce. Oh yeah? It's called Broga Yoga. <laughs> What is that? It is for you and your best male friend. So you and your friend can go to yoga you know, together. That might be good for a lot of guys that are too cool to do yoga. See, and it actually that surprises me. There's so many guys at my yoga studio. Like one day I was like the only woman. There were five guys there. And it's so funny. Anytime I do yoga, it's usually a whole, all women. There's one guy yeah, who's like the, the ex-husband of the guys. instructor. The ex-husband of the instructor. And they had a fabulous relationship. That's great. That's, that's they awesome. Had, that's great. Probably yoga. Um, Most likely. And I have more men in my class than I do women But sometimes. I have had a male instructor. He was fabulous. They're awesome. I liked him too. In yes. fact, he's on, my, he's on my cell phone. His name is Tom Yoga. I don't know what his last name <laughs> is. He just I just call him. Tom yoga? Tom yoga. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, he has a last name that's not yoga, but I don't know what it is. So you can take, but I know I've talked to some guys who, first of all, they think of yoga. Oh, that's, 
I mean, they just have this odd perception. Yeah, so like, I think oh, that yeah, if I you can go and bring a bring a guy friend, there you go. Broga. Broga. So there's that. Just Love a, it. Just a goofy, catchy name is enough to get some guys yeah, into some, it, some, That'll do it. There are more yoga, There are more men in Trisha's class on Tuesday nights. I love it. Um, I love to see it. It's amazing. I love anybody. I, I love to see all kinds of people. Roga is running in yoga. What? So apparently you run and then do yoga. I'm not really sure yeah, exactly, kinda... but you've got that. <laughs> then there's aerial yoga, which I've seen before, too, where you've got those. First of all, it's gorgeous to it's watch. very, very intense. Like acro yoga? I can't. Like that? Yeah, well, sort of. Well, Ariel's with the, they've got like the straps and the ribbons and things from the yep. ceiling and they do, I would love to be able to do that. I'm afraid that I'd suffocate myself because I get stuck <laughs> in something. But then you've got the stand-up paddleboard yoga, which I have got to believe is working your core like nobody's yeah, working wow. It definitely is. It's difficult. I can't say that I've ever done it successfully. I, I'm not so, I want to do stand-up paddleboarding first. Stand-up paddleboarding, the I, that's what I that mean. I haven't fun. done that successfully oh, okay, yet okay. to try the yoga on it. Oh, I've not goodness. tried that yet either. Then you have chroma or light therapy yoga, which is which uses color, light, and music to increase your sensory experience. Oh, I think I would like that. That sounds cool. We've done something like that a couple of times. That'd a little cool. pop-up class. Yeah, that's cool. There's slackline yoga. And if you're not familiar, a slackline is kind of like a tightrope. It's, it's slack. And you apparently, I don't even know how, I mean, stand-up paddleboarding yoga sounds hard enough. I'm not sure how you're doing this on a slackline. I would say get a spotter or get a big giant pad underneath you because if you fall off, you don't want to twist your yeah. neck I or fall, something. I fall standing on, I mean, on one leg sometimes. I, me too. Like, I yeah. can't imagine and balancing on that and doing, doing that. This, like, I don't understand. Well, and here's what's terrible. I, I will do yoga in my living room, and I have my, you've seen my living room. I've got that fireplace with the stone, you know, fireplace. And I think if I fall over, my husband's going to come home and I'm going to be just laying in the living room. I mean, you know, he's going to say, well, here's a mess to clean up. Um, among other things. He'll be upset, I hope. But, you know, uh, goat yoga. Goat yoga, yeah, I, I have seen. Yeah, I'm I sorry. Have... Goats poop. They do poop. I didn't go to that. Yeah. I, I, I know that. I and think I, I will, another call out here to Love Emotion Yoga because yeah. I think they did it once. Yeah. I, I think, and that was it. I know there's a, a woman out my way who does goat yoga. And I, I think, think they went out there. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? No. Because like chickens too. Like yeah, I wouldn't do chicken yoga. I wouldn't do walking puppy, puppy yoga. I've seen puppy yoga. Well, there's yoga. dog yoga is my last one. Okay. Sorry. I mean, to so take I guess that, that's take that yoga. And then is goat yoga goga? Goya? I don't know. I don't Goga. It's crazy. How about just try yoga? How about just go to yoga? Just go to yoga. Just find a class, any class. There you go. And try it you three need times. Roga. Maybe get some yoga. Yeah, we might need that for St. Bonaventure to make it more, to make me not the only male in the next yoga class. Or Is that what happens two. there? Usually, yeah. Well, you can go to yoga with me tomorrow night. There. All right. I'll do some aerial Trish. yoga. I would love to. That would be something that we would record and be on TikTok, and I'd be it would be viral <laughs> because it'd be a train wreck to watch. But that's our episode on yoga and wellness. So thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to my producer, Bryce Murphy, who also wrote and recorded the show music. Thank you to Christine Murphy for joining us, too, to talk about wellness and yoga these past last week and this week. Our logo design is by Liam McGurl. For more information and to access the data discussed on this week's episode, visit datadoyen.com. Also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. The links are on the website. If you like this podcast, tell all your friends. Have them tune in. We want to get up to 3 million. We're getting there. This podcast is a production of Ratchet Boy Records. Listen to Ratchet Salon on all streaming platforms everywhere you find music. This podcast is sponsored by Wild Mountain Botanicals, Tippy Homestead, Sparkworks Studio, Dog Nanny Originals, and Kiso Movement. To sponsor, send me a message on the website. Thank you.